0: And welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon here with my friend and your Dana Asband. Our daf of the day, Masachet Yoma, Daf Samach, page sixty. I'm going to begin with a Mishnah, which is uh, somewhere down the um, first Amud of the daf. Um, and the, what I find particularly interesting, and I hope you will as well, is that the Mishnah itself points out addresses what we have been talking about since the beginning of the Masachet, which is that the Masachet itself follows the order of the day. Now, we began at the beginning of the sacha, we, we followed from the week before the day, but this really is talking about the ma'aseyom ha'kippurim. Kol kipurim, meaning all of the actions or the tasks performed over the course of the day, ha'amor, al-haseder, they are discussed, they are listed, they are presented in order. Of course, then the question is, what is the implication of that, right? Is it, is it, uh, you know, an orderly, organizational principle because that's convenient, or is there significance? So there we go. The myth tells us straight up, if you did these items, not items, actions, tasks out of order, meaning you, the Kohen Gadol, if the Kohen Gadol did these things out of order, it's as if he did nothing, meaning it does not count for the Yom Kippur tasks. Right, If you sprinkle the blood, if you would just sprinkle the blood in the opposite order, meaning if you first did the goat and then the bull, then you have to go back. Right? And you sprinkle the blood of the goat after the blood of the bull so that you, you know, you haven't knocked out your chance to do it in order. I mean, as long as you get there in time, right? But you, meaning, having done it out of order doesn't take you out of the running to go back and do it in order. You can fix it, but you can't, but what you've done out of order does not count. So then he says, well, what happens if the blood spills before he would have completed the presenting, right, all of the, the sprinklings of the blood, right, so then he has to bring from another bull or alternatively another goat and then you have to go back and do all the whole, every task that we have been discussing now for several dapim, to do them all in, again inside the Kodesh Kodeshim. Meaning, if you do them out of order or if you spill along the way, you don't get to do it the way it's supposed to be done, you have to provide the means to do it again. Sometimes that's going to mean a different animal. I mean another animal. So what happens if the blood spills You know, before you're finished before the Kohen Gadol is finished, in the Hechal in the sanctuary. So again, he's supposed to go back to the beginning. And, and you know again, with the same sprinkling, on the golden altar, this relates here to what you've been talking about in the past few days, in the order of the sprinkling, then if you have if you do it out of order, you should go back to the beginning. Each task that is part of this day of Yom Kippur is its own task, meaning... Each one action counts for itself, so the order matters. But it's not they're not um, they're dependent on each other only insofar as the act, as the order of them happening in order. It's not that the one doesn't count um, as an action, right? Each thing is something that you can address unto itself. So Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Shimon agree which is already a good thing, right? From wherever it is that he's been interrupted, right? If something happens, it's going to interrupt the service and he has to go back and do it again. So he doesn't have to go back to the very beginning, right? He starts from at the point that he has, that has been left off because, where he has left off because each of these tasks is, is, is counts in its own right, as long as it is done in the order. I think that's a rather long way. I think the mission itself is a rather long way of saying, the order matters, um, but each task, you know, your your each task is worth its own weight as you go through them. So as long as you do them in order, you're good. If you do them out of order, you have to go back and fix the order. But if you've done them, um, I'm sure what's uh, the the I want to say that there's something, what's the word, discrete, right? Each each task counts, um, and that if you needed to go back and fix something. If the previous thing was done right, you're good. You continue from where you were.
1: So I, I think this end here is interesting. You know, that does it have to do with location, right? Like, can we split up the Avoda by place? And, you know, I'll get straight because the Gemara really explores that a little bit more. Um, and, I, I, you know, in a certain way, this mission, I think, is a little bit fuzzy. Like, what is the point there that's being made at the end? Um, so I think the Gemara explains this well, but he's also going to show us some achlokas about this. Tanu Revenan Kol Masa Yom Al HaSeder. So again, same type of language, right? All the Yom Kippur, uh, you know, uh, things that were done, you know, listed in that particular seder, that sequence. Masa right? If the Kohen Gadol did one piece of that aboda before another one, right? It's out of order. It's Lo- out of order. It's, it's It's like he didn't, do, like anything. He didn't do anything. I'm a reviewer. Huda, uh, Rabbi. Huda says, uh, says, When does this rule apply? So, this is only true with the part of the avoda where the Kohen Gadol is wearing the white garment inside the Kaddish Kadoshim. But the part of the avoda that the Kohen Gadol does uh, with his white garment on the outside of the Kaddish Kadoshim. Whatever he did, it's like he still says this. And so I think this is, you know, we don't see this at all at the beginning part of the Mishnah. Um, And so this is a very, very different version about what the importance of the Seder is. What is the importance of the actual, um, uh, you know, of the order? So some of the things, part of the Avodah that's done in the white garments outside of the Kaddish Kedoshim is the lottery, right, with the two goats, the Vidui, and the pouring of the leftover blood on that out, on that outer altar, and also the sprinkling of the blood um, of the par and the sear towards the parrocha. Um, so those are all the things that are sort of done outer. And so, you know, this is a very interesting piece here that it, it actually has to do with location. Um, and, you know... I think we could obviously make an understanding of why that would be, right? In other words, why is it that maybe what happens in the Kaddish Kedoshim is different? But basically what Rabbi Yehuda is saying here is that all of these things that happen in the outer part, they're not essential for any of the avoda that's going to be performed later. So let's say, you know, if, uh, you know, let's say the coin Gadol did a piece of the avoda, even a piece that had to be done in the coin in the Kaddish kadoshim. Before something that was supposed to be done in the outer area, it's not made invalid because um, as long as he gets to it eventually, he can't skip part of it. But the, 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 the piece of it, of how it falls out in the sequence of the avoda, the Seder, is not what's actually important. Whereas what Rabbi Yudah is saying, the inner pieces, the inner part of the avoda, those that were done actually in the Kaddish Kadoshim, that order is also is part of the, what's important to say that that avoda counts for some of it. So there, you know, if he that that's the piece that that we have to focus on. Now we're going to have a, uh, you know, a, a different viewpoint of this. Rabbi Nachemya says, "Bamad right? Where does this rule apply about the Seder being important? So it's not location. It's the clothing that's worn. And any time part of the abode is being done with that white, you know, clothing. And remember, that's the exception. Normally, the Kohen Gadda wears this gold clothing. So the white coat clothing is special for uh, the abode of Yom Kippur. Remember, we'd seen before that, you know, it would customary that the mothers of the Kohen Gadda would spend a lot of money to make sure they had this beautiful clothing for that day. Um, you know, anything that's done with a white garment, whether it's inside or outside, it doesn't make a difference. That's where it's important. But the the uh, things that were done in the gold clothes outside, there the order is not really important. So what are some of those things? That's when he the coin gadol takes the the ladle and the shovel. Um so that was done with the gold things, uh, you know, those those types of things. So so it's interesting to see that there's one emphasis, the Rabbi Yehuda emphasis is on. Uh, location. The Rabbi Nechemia emphasis is on what the Kohen Gadol is actually wearing. And then the Gemara is going to go on to explain, okay, well, what's the source for these things? I'm a Rabbi Yochanan. So Rabbi Yochanan says, So they actually both are going to use the same pasuk. and This is a pasuk from Vayikra in chapter 16, verse 34, um, which is the sort of concluding pasuk of all of the service of Yom, HaKippur, Yom, Yom Kippur. But that you can interpret this verse to mean something different, right? So it says, V'aita zot lachem Hukat olam, achat right? This, you know, your chukah, your law, right? Forever, right? And the emphasis here is achat bashana once a year, right? So the question is, you know, sort of this relationship between chukat with uh, this achat this once, this once a year. So what does Rabbi Yehuda say to this? Rabbi Yehuda Sabar, he holds, right? Then when it says Pam The emphasis on the place where the kapara actually happens. And where's is that? That is the the Kaddish Kadoshim. For Rabinachamya Savar, Devarim Ha Pam It's what happens to get Kapara, right? That is what is uh, that's what's important. Uh, once a year. So again, it's the same pasuk, which is very interesting. And we don't often see this. Very often when we have a disagreement, it's that they, you know, two tanayim may look to two different pasukim for their midrash halacha. Here we have an example where it's the same pasuk used, but there's two totally different ways to understand it. It's the emphasis place, is the emphasis sort of um, the procedure itself. Um, and then the Gemara goes on to actually a challenge how Rabbi Yochanan explains to Rabbi Yehuda, but according to Rabbi Yehuda, and again, I think you could tell that when you read the Pasuk, this seems to be a little bit of a stress, be, stretch because it doesn't say anything about place. It just says, right? There's no mention really of place. So now they're going to give a different explanation for Rabbi Yehuda, right? Where it says, zot and it also says, so one time right one of those terms because those are very specific terms zot and achad, it has to be referring to something specific so one of those terms is there to exclude any of the avoda that is done right uh in the white clothing outside of the Kaddish kudoshim the had bighab and one is there to exclude the uh avoda that was done in the the gold clothing clothing. So the only thing that you're basically left with then according to Rabbi Yehuda is um, the uh, you're you're only basically left with the clothing, the, the white clothing avoda done by uh the Kaddish Kedoshim. All right That's that these types of words zot and achat they're excluding um, uh, pieces of this Rabbi Nachemia right Rabbi Nachemya Chad ute big de zahab he uses this trasha of zot and One is there to exclude anything that has to do with the gold clothing, v'chad l'meutei shiarim d'lo ma'afei. And one is there to exclude the the piece of the avoda, where you pour the leftover blood, basically teaching us that it's not essential to the avoda. So if it didn't happen, um, that would be okay. And so what this sort of teaches us is that if a piece of, you know, the avoda was done a, a, in advance of the pouring of the blood, it still would be considered to be, you know, okay, because the blood pouring is not actually, um, it's not actually what is uh, essential there. And then the Gemara is going to go on to explore Rabbi Yehuda a little bit more. Um, you know, why doesn't he explain it this way? Why doesn't he think that it applies to the pouring um, of the blood? And they actually end up with Akasha. That maybe Rabbi Yochanan's explanation doesn't really work well, but it's more what I wanted to show. I'm not going to read all of that just for the sake of time. Um, But, uh, you know, really to see, uh, you know, sort of, um, you know, how are we thinking about what's important here? You know, is it, and in the end, I think the first framing we have of being at place or order seems to work much nicer. But where the Gemara seems to land is sort of on this technicality of this explaining achat and zot and what it excludes, and even though I think this is the you, you know the interpretation they end up with a little bit more, I, I don't know. I don't like it as much. I actually prefer the first one, even though the Rabbi Yehuda one is a stretch because it doesn't really refer to place. This achat and zot to me it doesn't it, it doesn't make.
0: So I'm actually don't have an answer for you. Um, I think it's a good, strong question. I just wanted to note that what happens in the Gemara here, which is not always what we see happening in the Gemara, is different rereadings of the Mishnah, right? Like the Mishnah, which was kind of like, it made it very clear that, um, that this is the way you do it. You do it in order. And if you don't do it, as long as you don't do it out of order, you're good. And if you do it out of order, go back and fix it, right? It seems very straightforward. And then each Gemara interpretation of the Mishnah, where it just basically is talking about it as if it has more, as if the Mishnah has more words than it does, right? Then it kind of each view is a is a whole new read of the Mishnah, which I think we you know it's kind of an obvious thing that it does happen, but I think we have not been seeing it happen as often, you know, all that often as we go through. So the complication Yerda that the Gemara introduces. I don't have an answer. Like, why must it introduce that? But the fact that they have different reads of the mission, that different MRI will have different reads makes sense to me.
1: Uh, that I would agree with. And then where the Gemara sort of goes from there is it's gonna pick out some specific cases. There's one on this stop and there's one in on the next stop, where, you know, they're gonna talk about, you know, what if the coin guddle scooped up the ketoret before shechting the bull right is it considered that he accomplished something or he didn't accomplish anything and then they sort of you know go through exploring the opinions of rabbi yehuda and rabbi Nachemya. um you know this was a particular sort of um uh well sorry this was a statement of of rabbi chanina who says that in that case Loa saw below Klum. it's like he didn't do anything and sort of trying to fit it into the framing of rabbi yehuda um, and Rabbi Nachemya, and on Tamar's death, just to give a little bit, you know, they do another one, which is Amar Ula writes the Shachtu Kodem Matanda Moshe Par. What happens if the Kohen Gadol shechs the or slaughters the seyar, right? Before the actually the 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 sort of the application, right? The matan of the of the blood of the bull, Lo Asav, Lo Klum. And again, the same idea, he didn't accomplish anything. Um, And so again, they try to explore that and try to understand why is that the case and how does that work and does it fit into the categories that we previously um, talked about? So the mission itself is just weird because the mission seems to be, I guess, you know, I'll take back what I said. It just seems like you have to do everything in order, and then the Gemara comes and introduces this machlokas that the framing is not as complicated, and it just seems like it, it makes. A simplistic Mishnah, much much more difficult to understand. Um, and I, I again, I know it's based on an interpretation of a pasuk, but it's a level of complexity that I'm a little surprised why it was necessary.
0: Um, I think that's a fair question. I don't feel like, like
1: how often do you think it wasn't done in order? That was like my other question on this tab.
0: Uh, I don't know. I feel like people can goof the order, right? I don't think that anybody. I don't think there's a Kohen Gadol who said, ooh, I'm going to mess with the order today. But especially during the era of Kohanim Gadolim, who are fairly ignorant, and this is an avoda that they're doing once a year and maybe only once in their lives. I think, And especially if somebody got tummy along the way and they got replaced, and so they never really did the whole thing. I, I can see it. I can see it um, where there's a, I don't know, a, a laxity, an unintentional gap in the, awareness of the order which means that then they could do it out of order i I I don't think that's
1: actually a really fair point but the only thing i think that's missing there is the gemara has been very happy when to say that there were issues with a cohen guddle. they don't mention that here but i think what you're inferring here is not out of the realm of possibility right like we know in by cheney the cohen guzzles were just not of the caliber that we would want them to be so it's very possible they didn't know something got messed up and it just, you know, especially remember when he's doing the avoda in the Kaddish Kedoshim, you know, maybe that's where the emphasis is. It's like no one else is watching it. There's so no. much trust that you have to give the Kohen Gadol that it like actually got done correctly. you know. And like, even I, before, I and like, even when they- Because we'll see in the next parak when they talk about the Seyar and, you know, when it goes out the Seyar Mishtelech and there's one part where nobody accompanies the person. But they watch what he does from afar, and I was thinking about that. Like in other words, what kind of movie or book could you create that, like, yet a <laughs> up somebody who like didn't do the avoda the right way, and like nobody knows that,
0: right? Okay, I hear that. I think the other thing is Yerdena. Even for the Kohanim who are who are good and, and and cautious and conscientious, there's a lot going on on this day. And, you know, to realize I, I, that's that's the thing that I think is even trickier. The Cohen Gadol has to realize that he's done it out of order, which, you know, you can't remember it like, oops, the next day where you say, oh, shoot, I didn't do that the right way. Like it has to be in the moment where he has to do it the right way. and he And if he doesn't, he has to realize right away that he hasn't done it in the right way so that he can just go back and revise that little bit by doing it again. I, I think it's a hard day, meaning. You know, the masachet makes it fairly straightforward. Um, I think that the person in the experience of it, maybe not after 40 years, if you're Kohen Gadol, who really lasts through the years to be the Kohen Gadol, you'll become adept at the process. But I feel like otherwise, for the majority of Kohen and K'odolim who were called upon to do this, I'm not so sure that it's a ever becomes a smooth process. So then forgetting is possible or goofing, you know, making a mistake where you didn't mean to is possible
1: uh that's a really fair point and I, I i think right it doesn't even need to be that the coin guzzle was bad it's just possible like things got messed up and can you imagine if you woke up the next morning and you were like oh my god i didn't do it the right way so yeah, I, mean, I think of it like how
0: many times in in cooking you know do you put do you forget to do the thing the one thing before the other thing even right. though the recipe recommends it right so it probably won't mess up your food i mean so depending then what you're doing
1: so then it's almost interesting that the order does count like in a way you would almost be like, oh, you did it, you did it. Because like, why would you want anyone to ever feel like somehow they messed up the atonement for the entire Jewish people?
0: So this always brings me back to Nadevan Avihu and Vayikra chapter 10, when they do something, Asher Lotzi right? Where the text says they did whatever it is that they did, they brought a strange fire that they were not commanded. So I feel like everything that that the Kohen Gadol is ever told to do, it has to be exactly as he's told. He doesn't get to have any leeway for personal input. You know, personal creativity, personal let me switch the order because it seems nicer to me that way. Like, no, 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 no. This is doing the way God commanded it. And that has to be the Avodavium Kippur because otherwise, you know, it's, it's playing fast and loose with exactly the kinds of commandments that are designed to be the atonement or the tikkun for what went wrong on that day of the meluim.
1: Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rink us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to our Benny Michelle Farber for hosting us on the, on the Honduran website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.